gentlemen, we now present George Edwards in Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Three more doses, and then the end. Either I must remain forever hidden from the sight of men, or go out and meet my punishment on the gallows. Oh, it's impossible. It can't be true. Oh, I used to say that too. But now I know there's no escape. At any hour of the night or day, I feel the horrible shuddering that warns me of the coming of Hyde. If I fall asleep, I always wake as Hyde. He creeps on me if I leave myself unguarded for a moment. He plays the most fiendish tricks on me. I have no peace, no soul of my own. He possesses me like a demon, which only the power of the drug can drive out. And soon, I won't have that. But there must be more. Where did you get it before? I got it from a wholesale chemist several years ago. And have you asked them for more? I've had every chemist in England searching for it. It was a rare kind of mineral salt that came from the Euro Mountains. And can't they get any more? They can. They can supply me with unlimited quantities, but it's useless. It doesn't have the least effect. But why? Isn't it the same? Well, they swear it is. I can only conclude that the first lot I had was imperfect. In some way that no one knows anything about, there was... There was another element mixed with the essential salts. What it was, I... I haven't the slightest idea. But it was that mysterious, unknown chemical that gave me the power to split myself in two and without which I am lost. You mustn't give up. We'll find some more. But when? The amount I've left will last me at most another two days. And that's only if I remain awake the whole time and never relax my vigilance for an instant. Oh, Henry, my dear, my dear. When the end comes, Helen, the thought of your bravery and loyalty will be the last thoughts to sustain me. Nothing could have been more fine nor nobler than you. But I'm afraid for you. You must go. I can't tell you of the baseness of the creature I become when Hyde possesses me. There are thoughts of you, but... Oh, don't let us speak of that. One thing is certain. You must go. You mean now? Yes, now. Now, at once. At any moment, I may cease to be the man you know. I can't leave you alone like this. Oh, don't ignore what I say. You must go. I insist on it. Pack your things. I've already told my coachman to have the carriage waiting for you. He'll take you to your mother's house. Tomorrow, he'll call again and take you to the train. I'll make all the arrangements for you to stay at my house in Norfolk. It's yours. I've made out the deeds. I want you to live there as long as you like. But I... Don't say anything. There's no time for explanations. I've done what I could in the little time that's left. It comforted me a little to feel that I could provide for you and make you free from want for the rest of your life. And now you want me to go? You must. This is farewell. It has to be. Goodbye, my love. Think of me. And pray for me. Day and night. And if you send for me, no matter when or where... Never. I forbid you to come. You must never come near me. It would be Hyde who sent the message. After tomorrow, there shall be no more of Henry Jekyll. This side of eternity...
see who? The skylark. See, he's right above us. Just like a tiny speck in the blue. Oh, darling, if Jenny Lind herself were floating around singing arias, I'm far too lazy to get excited. <laughs> if you don't get up and hurry, we'll be late for dinner. Do you know how touchy old Mrs. Harris is over her cooking? She's promised a steak and kidney pudding, too. It's only 12 o'clock. Oh, but we've got about four miles to walk back to the village. Oh, and it's such lovely country. I don't want to have to hurry. All right. Oh, dear. Pull me up. Pull you up? Well, certainly. You may be on your honeymoon, Mrs. Lanyon, but it's time you started on your wifely duties. Come on, Paul. Oh, you great lazy brute. (laughs) (laughs) There now. See what you've done? Oh, I've fallen backwards into a gorse bush. Oh, Oh, help me out. All in good time. You look quite charming sitting there. Oh, have you ever sat in a gorse bush? I've got vivid recollections of a patch of scotch thistles. Oh, come on, up you can. Come on. (laughs) Dr. Lanyon. Dr. Lanyon. Hello. Who's that calling down there? I don't know. How funny he looks dressed up in that long frock coat. Hmm. Looks like somebody's butler on a day off. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, it couldn't be. Couldn't be what? Well, I, I had a funny idea that he was Henry Jekyll's butler, Poole. Well, that's impossible. What would he be doing up here at the English Lakes? Perhaps he's on a honeymoon, too. Poole? <laughs> he's a respectable father of five bouncing young Britons. Well, he seems to be very excited over something. Whoever he is, he's waving something in his hand and climbing the hill for, for all his worth. Well, let's go down and meet him. Then I get there first. Come on. Oh, no, wait. Believe you're right. It is poor. Oh, don't be silly. It is. I caught a glimpse of his face and he looked up a moment ago. There. Don't you see? Great Scott. So it is. What on earth is he doing up here? Perhaps something's happened down in London. But why should he come all the way up here to tell us about it? Let's go quickly. I don't like the look of it. There must be something very much the matter to drag Poole out of his native haunts. Give me your hand. We'll take the shortcut down the slope. Oh, Dr. Lanyon, sir. Thank heaven I found you. What are you doing here? I've come all the way to tell you. I tried to put it in a letter, but it didn't seem possible. What didn't? What's the matter? I don't know, sir, and that's the plain truth. But it's Dr. Jekyll. There is something happened to him. I don't know what it is. For heaven's sake, man, put it in words. Is he ill? Has he disappeared? No, sir. He's at home. Or or he was when I left. But he shut himself up in the inner room of his laboratory, and he won't come out. What? I know you'll find it hard to believe, sir. That's why I didn't feel that writing a letter was any use. I had to tell you myself. Well, uh, well, sit down and tell me. Uh, Nancy, you don't mind if we're a little late for Mrs. Harris's beefsteak pudding? Oh, of course not. This is far more important. Oh, indeed, ma'am. You don't know how urgent... Something's happened to the master, though what it is, heaven alone knows. Now, start at the beginning, Poole, and tell us all you know. Well, you know the doctor's way, sir. How he likes to shut himself away in that room and work on his experiments. Well, I didn't take no notice for the first few days. And then when he wrote a note telling me to put his food on a tray and leave it outside the door, and on no account to stay there or allow anyone to come near the place, I began to get worried and no mistake. But uh, why should he want his food put on a tray? I don't know, sir. Unless it was that he didn't want to see or be seen by anyone. This is fantastic. You're not... You're not imagining all this. I only wish I was. Look, I brought the note to show you. Read it for yourself. Put my food on a tray outside the door of my laboratory. As soon as you have done this, go away at once and do not return... Under any pretext, whatever, for at least an hour. In addition to this, do not allow any other person besides yourself to come near the building. 
These are my explicit instructions and must not be disobeyed. Henry Jekyll. Oh, good heavens. You see, sir. And, and what's happening while you're away? Well, I had to take a chance. I, I felt I couldn't get along without your help, Dr. Lanyon. So I got my wife to take the food across. I know the doctor will be angry, but I can't help that. Tell me the rest. Well, sir, it's nearly a week now since he last came out. I can't tell you the awful feeling that's been over us all. We've been creeping round the house as though someone died. Two of the maids gave notice. I've given orders for lights to be kept burning all night. But that's all nonsense. The doctor probably engaged in some very difficult work. He just doesn't want to be disturbed. Oh, I wish I could think that, Mrs. Lanyon. And that's the truth. And what do you think has happened? It's my belief, sir. There's been foul play. Foul play? What on earth do you mean? Oh, I daren't name it, sir. But I beg of you that you'll come back to London right away and help me find out. Of course I'll come back with you. But but tell me what you mean. All this sounds like, like some sort of, sort of nightmare. That's just what it is, sir. The sort of thing that makes you wake up in the night in a cold sweat of fear. I tell you, sir, there's not one of us who'd venture across that courtyard and into the little building after darkness falls. Not if you was to give us a thousand pounds. But Why? Wait till you've heard. Though I hope for your sake that you never will. Heard what? The dreadful cries and the moans that come out through the door. All this week, him or it or whatever it is that hides in that room has been crying night and day for some sort of medicine and cannot get it. Every time I, I go there with the food, I find sheets of people lying waiting for me. Every one of them telling me to go to some chemist to try and find the drug he wants. Have you got one of those notes? Yes. Here it is. This is written in the doctor's hand. I I know it anywhere. That's true, sir. And what happens when you take it to the chemist? Oh, they're sick of the sight of me, one and all. They tell me they sent what he asked for, but he returns it, saying it's not the right sort. Don't you see what's written at the bottom of the note I've given you? For God's sake, find me some of the old. Yes, it's a strange note, but it was written by the doctor, and that proves he's still alive. He was when it was written, but what does that tell us? Dr. Lanyon, I've seen him. Seen him? What do you mean? It's the belief in my heart that there's been murder done. Murder? That can't be possible. Dr. Lanyon... I pray with all my heart that you are right. But I'm mortally afraid. The creature that I saw that day in the shadows of the laboratory was none other than the man who murdered Mr. Utterson six months ago. The dreadful Edward Hyde. (laughs) 